If you think you're sick of crime, I dare you to contest this man and his record and pedigree in fighting crime and being part of the solution as opposed to part of, like me, the whingers out there. Emtias is a man who loves his community and submerges himself in the greater good of the community that he serves. But where did the passion start and what inspired it? How does it get to be of service in so many community structures? Mavel Saps Community Police Forum Chairperson. Etegwini Central Cluster Community Policing Forum Chair. KZN Provincial CPS, CPF Exco Member. Member of the Civilian Oversight Committee for the Etegwini Municipality and member of the Etegwini Central Community Safety Forum. He is also the founding member of Etegwini Midlands, Chatsworth, Phoenix, South and North Coast Secure Platforms, as well as Etegwini Outreach, Abandu Abatlangene Against Crime, in Tlanzagile, Africa, Africa Women's Federation and Africa Secure. In short, he is an activist and a community leader. His name, and remember please, Mr. Imtiaz Said. Imtiaz, good evening. Thank you so much for joining us. Yeah, how are you doing, buddy? All good, man. How are you doing on your side? Um, I'm doing okay. I don't know what I've just read. I don't know what this makes you, and I don't know where you find all this time to be doing and engaged in all these things. Tell us about your profile as an activist, because Lesejo was telling me earlier on you're passionate about you're passionate about crime, and, or you're passionate in fighting crime. And also Absolutely. you do the menial things that are the work of municipalities, including just literally finding a pothole and closing it. Tell us a bit about Correct. yourself, man, because this is the kind of citizen we should be voting for. I think, you know, when, when, when we speak about it it, 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 it comes out from from a particular place called passion, right? But passion without any action leads you nowhere. But passion, when you are able to activate and mobilize people to have an understanding just like you are, and get them together and be passionate, but then turn that passion into action, and then you, you, you've got a winning formula, you know? So everything that you've just mentioned is not entirely just my doing. It's about people. It's about people pushing you into spaces where you need it, and they take your leadership, and they want to embrace it, and then they lead themselves. And it just so happens that you become the leader of leaders, and that's ultimately um, uh, the space that you find yourself in. And when you're able to achieve that, you have such a great level of achievement within you and not for the entire you know, world to see. But just within you, you feel that sense of, 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 of total fulfillment. And it just leads you from place to place and space to space, just fixing things and getting on with life. You know? It's quite a humble response. But perhaps let's talk about from a community empowerment perspective. And I would imagine there are many people who are listening to this conversation who are just as incensed with the high levels of crime in this country and this just continued feeling that more and more your property is under threat your life more so is under threat yeah. or you don't have complete and total control you can't move as freely as one would let's engage from a community-based perspective and of course i'm asking this question because i want some of my or some of our listeners i beg your pardon to participate oh it's six triple zero twenty thirty two please call please call or drop us a voice note how do communities own the safety aspect of their communities how do communities ensure that there isn't place for criminals or related antisocial behavior in their communities 
yes, the police should be there, and yes, there are public institutions set up to ensure law enforcement, if you will. But mm-hmm. the first defenders of freedom are you and me in our homes and in our communities. How, how do communities engage that question and create such environments for themselves? You know, I think the, the, the space that, 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 uh, that the generality of things get it wrong is that we led to believe that it's someone else's problem, number one, right? Mm. Is, and, and I'll give you a, 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 a fitting example of exactly what we speak to. And this is, these are daily calls that I take. Uh, there was a particular community individual, I'm not going to mention in her name over the radio, but she called me irate living within the Overport area, and she says that her copper pipes had been stolen, and then she zoned in and she focused on an uh, 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 NGO which has a container on a particular street that feeds homeless people daily. And she says in no uncertain terms it's because of that feeding scheme that her copper pipes had been stolen because the feeding scheme attracts people, uh, unsavory characters to the area. And I had to, I had to take her through a 45-minute discussion in understanding that it isn't that. It isn't the feeding scheme that causes the problem. And I'll give you uh, an understanding of what I told her. To speak to this, to say it's simply because you feed in the area, this criminality that comes to your area is totally incorrect because the first place is that we as community create markets for unsavory characters to be attracted to our area. Now, when we say give, we say give responsibly. Giving responsibly, responsibly meaning means giving a proper meal, meaning giving someone something to eat. That's giving responsibly because a person cannot take a meal, a hot meal, and sell it for anything else. But when you open your window and you give that five rand, when you give a car guard money, when you do all of these things, you create a market space for unsavory characters to be attracted to your area. And then you ask yourself in your community, why do we have such a, a flourishing drug trade in our area? Why is there so much of petty theft? Why are all of these things happening? It's you. You started it out. You started being that compassionate person that was giving. So therefore, we say give responsibly. How, how, how do you give responsibly? Uh-huh. So I mean, you, you, let's thing. use this feeding scheme example. Correct. Now, giving responsibly would be, ultimately, there's always been an attraction of unsavory characters to the area because the community themselves, being the giving people that they are, created the environment. What happened? Now you've got a grouping of people that are saying that we want to assist the poor. We know that they, they, ultimately everybody needs to eat, whether you're on drugs or not. Correct. So let yeah. us feed these people. They're here anyway. They're not here by virtue of us feeding them. They're here by virtue of the community supporting them all of the time. You know? So that's, that's giving responsibly. The other things I spoke to was, like, how do we empower people? I mean, currently, today, in, in today's half past 10 meeting, I met with the street vendors committee that's, that's established in Durban Central. And I said in no uncertain terms that there's an untapped market that exists and I'm saying this, and I, and I hope no one goes and inculcates it without having a full, complete, comprehensive understanding of the program, right? Mm-hmm. We want, by NDP 2030, to have at least 1,000 proper mandated car guards across the city because there is a market for it, there's a space for it. The problem with it at the moment is that it's unregulated. So anybody can go and get a, a vest, stand on the street, and, and get two rand for parking a car. But do we need that type of safety? Yes, we do. Can it just be done by anyone? No, it cannot, because criminals can also do that. 
So what we are saying is that we demarcate a particular area within the inner city. We say that this area belongs to certain certain people. We understand the city's mandate in terms of safer cities to say that they need to take care of the homeless people within the city. We ask them to identify for us juristic individuals that can fulfill the role of portraying that role as cargoes. And we then place them through the CPF platforms, which becomes sort of an oversight committee over these car guards across the city. And we place them and say, this is your area, this is your zone, this is where you park cars. And then we go out to media and say, this is a proper legitimized program. So you're no longer feeling that urge to give charity to anybody. You're now no longer feeling that I might be giving too much because this person might use it for drugs or alcohol. We're now telling you that this person is vetted. He's in a proper uniform. He has his, his, he's been vetted by SAPS in terms of fingerprints and criminality. We now think support him properly. But we've also created a market for him wherein he's got an area of at least 40 cars to look after. And if you really look at it in terms of rands, that turns out to be at least anything between 300 and 500 a day, which becomes a livable wage. So we're now uplifting communities. Can we do it to 1,000 homeless people? No, we may not right? But over a period of a few years, yes, we can. But would it cover everybody? No. So through safer cities, we want to vet people, we want to do drug testing, and those that really want to work, we want to create those opportunities. Who Recycling will pay for is these of. Sorry? I, I, I assume from the anecdote you've offered, I, yes. as a car owner, will be paying for the car god or paying the car god whatever gratuity I feel is appropriate. You're currently paying the gratitude, gratuity anyway because you feel it's your social responsibility to do so. Unfortunately, you're not doing it responsibly because you don't know the person you're giving it to. So it speaks back to the part where we're saying, we as organizations Why need do we to need fulfill the Because crime is at such a high rate within the city and criminality is something that we can speak about just now as to why does that happen, you know? That is a separate topic, but currently there is a market and we need to regulate that in terms of saying, let us make it responsibly sustainable for those individuals that are in that space. I mean, recycling is unheard of. Why? Because it's an unregulated space. Currently, DSW within the, the, this city has given out no permits for recycling because there's no one that's come up with a proper strategic plan of how it should be done in comparison to the wet model, the dry model, and all of these different things. So what we are saying is that if, if for every car guard, you should have one person in a green uniform uh, orchestrating his trade in terms of saying that these 10 businesses, I will collect all the recyclables and do deals with different bigger recycling companies for the pickups and public-private partnerships and all of those things. You know? I'm interested in, in, in what you're saying. I actually want to debate this. Um, I'm not in yes. any way taking away from your experience, and I think between the two of us, you are infinitely the better candidate to speak about community policing and related crime prevention strategies. Mm -hmm. But I, as an individual, and this could be song mm -hmm. as a speaking, and if somebody disagrees, I certainly would welcome such disagreement, and I think this is always going to be healthy. I always mm -hmm. feel paying a car guard is a grudge thing. Um, yes. I, I yes. don't believe that person, for me, adds any value in terms of the safety of my vehicle. It's not as if I believe and at least my experiences so far create that belief that suggests they're not going to do anything mm -hmm. if somebody really wants to take my car, either from me or in my absence. Mm -hmm. The person who's going to take it is going to be brazen enough to want my car is going to get away with it more than not. But if you are suggesting these mm -hmm. people are going to be vetted, they're going to go through the process right. that involves the state apparatus, 
Why yes. then, like for instance, the city of Cape Town does, they've mm-hmm. got, and I just forget those guys who are in green caps and vests and black uniforms. Street ambassadors. They are employees or agents mm-hmm. of the city of Cape Town. In other words, that is a function of the city of Cape Town that yes. then creates this environment of safety, of security. It's a 24-7 operation. I, as a member of the public, have no obligation to that individual, save to respect him or her, for he or she would be at work. And in turn, they create or help create the environment of safety and security. Why in this instance would it change that Mm -hmm. model? Because if you look at the city of Cape Town, for instance, there is Mm -hmm. less of that, less of that being less of those car guards, as you might find, for instance, in the Joburg CBD. Okay. I'm, I'm drawing so, parallels simply because, I mean, I'm thinking one model could be simply replicated right. elsewhere. So we, we're drawing parallels on two completely different platforms here. Very well. We do have that model in, 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 in Durban. If you go to Amschlanger Rocks and you go to Florida Road, and you, those are called SRAs, right, which are UIPs, basically. So where the city collects rates from businesses or residents within that area to a certain percentage over and above the norm, they then pay it to a sort of NPO, who then facilitates the added services. Now, the added services are twofold. One is cleanliness, and the other one is safety and security, wherein they would appoint a security company to provide that extra service. And the second one is they'd provide cleaning teams to provide the top-up service of sweeping the streets and maintaining that all along. Because remember, as as, uh, cleansing and solid waste, they'd come out to any particular area once a week. But in, for example, a high... A, a high-density area like, for example, the Florida Road, the Namslanga Rocks, where we've got all of these nightclubs and nightlife and all of these things, especially in our tourist attraction areas, then you need that daily, perpetually, all of the time. You need security and you need cleanliness, correct? So then you convert that area by 60%, 60% buy-in of the ratepayers in that area. You buy into it. You form this SRA. You go to the city. You do the application. And it converts and it gives you an added service where it pays a localized company that you appoint as directors and all of that to now start providing that top-up service. Now, that's the model they have in Cape Town in different areas. And that is based solely on affluency. We need to understand this, right? Now, in areas where we don't have affluency, like, for example, if you go down to Gray Street in the, in the, in the, in the, in the inner city of Durban, We've got foreign shops. We've got all of these different businesses that are there. And I'm not saying that that is not the direction we need to go, but there needs to be a starting point where we start from where we are, and then we fully understand that this is the direction we're going. Once we start upgrading and cleaning up the inner city and we start putting in safety measures where you can freely walk within, I mean, right now, if you walk in the inner city and you've got your cell phone in your hand, I guarantee you are you, you're going to get robbed. You are toast you know? in the Durban CBD, for sure. You're absolutely right in that. Right. So in this instance, currently, the car guards provide a menial function. And yes, it is sort of a, a, a grudge payment or something like that. And yes, you feel that, right? But what we're saying is that if we vet everyone, and remember, you've also got the Community in Blue program, which is a direct SAPS program, which partners community members to SAPS directly to say, that we are now force multipliers, if you understand what I mean. I don't. Now, just to, just to give you an understanding of what it is, you've got the Community Policing Forum, which is basically an administrative function of the community and the police sitting in a forum discussing community issues and coming up with strategic solutions on how to do it. But based on the constitution of that, 
There is a part that says active community policing. And the interpretation is left on the chairpersons of stations to decide what that means with the station commander and then implement those findings, if you know what I mean. Because the dynamic of crime in all different areas, and 90% based on affluency, different crimes affect different areas, if you understand what I'm saying. Very well. No, very well. Right? So when that happens, you then identify strategic things that you need to do. There is no one-size-fits-all, realistically speaking, right? Now, SAPS has come out with a new program called Community in Blue. The CPF had taken umbrage to that to say that the CPF is the only constituted body that can actually speak to SAPS. Therefore, through the CPF platform, you are now inviting volunteers to come to, and, and just to try and give people an understanding, sort of a mini reservist program. I see. There's no training for it and all of that. You get basic training. You do security vetting. We check you don't have a criminal record and all of that. You then work under the command of SAPS directly. Now, the state would tell you all of the time that they're limited in resources, correct? Mm, mm. And they also tell you that a patrol vehicle needs to patrol your area at least once an hour. That's not achievable. And in once an hour, time. frankly, it's just not frequent enough because, I mean, if I know that Correct. and I know sort of the area well and I know where the police station is located, I mean, if yeah. I want to be brazen as a criminal, that one hour, mm-hmm. if anything, is a beautiful thing to know as opposed to know as a deterrent. It isn't. But let me move the Correct. conversation on because, I mean, I really do want to engage the question as to how you really got involved in the Africa Women's Federation and Africa Secure. Tell us about your work in that regard. Okay, so when when it comes down to the issue of Africa, right, we need to understand that we fit in as a continent, and we need to 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 learn something from best practice. Whatever happened in other countries within Africa would dictate the path we are taking, and we need to start envisaging and looking at the patterns of other countries that grew through democracy, through apartheid, through colonialism, through all of these different things and take those markers and say, is that the direction we're going? Is our leadership going in that very direction? And what changes should we now start implementing with foresight in terms of saying that that shouldn't be the way to go and how do we now bring about change in that? That's the one part. The second part is, as Africans, as a norm, we have not, and and people would disagree with me on this, Mm -hmm. I'm happy to engage them on it, but we have not taken the strength of womanhood seriously in our country. I agree with you. The women in our country are the backbone of us. They bring up our children, they feed us, they clothe us, and they make sure that we do the best we can. They are more family-orientated than men. They look after us, and they do all of these things. And we don't take them seriously, really. And and, and I'm not talking about women empowerment to the extent of Every, every single woman needs to be a CEO or needs to become a professor and all of that. We need to respect that mother that stays at home and look after her, her children. We need to, as men, respect them daily because they allow us the opportunity mm, to have mm, lunch, mm. to go to work, to come back home and still be comfortable and still take care of us when we ill. Where is that respect? No. Respect a woman for who she is in any position. My man, say keep talking because I mean everything that you say is a truth which perhaps for whatever reason continues to be uncomfortable and you're right these things I don't imagine need policy changes they just need ideological shifts and it starts from how we appreciate the woman closest to us 
before it becomes an appreciation of the women who serve us or who are in spaces where perhaps we might be in positions of authority in the workplace, for instance. Correct. You know, I started doing school programs and, and more and more of the schools that I attend, and I ask a very simple question in those classes of grade 11s and grade 12s, and I ask, how many of you see yourself getting married? You'd be amazed that you'd see that all the boys' hands go up, but none of the girls want to put up their hands. And that tells you something. It tells you something that is very, very dire for the future of our country. Because if every single teenage child that's coming out of school at the moment who is, of, who is a female does not see in the siblings or in the people that she sits with in her class wow. a, a, a suitable spouse, what are we speaking to? Fair point. Very fair point. And look, I cannot What direction are we going? And how have we de- dealt a, a, a mentality within our boys for them to believe that the character they are inculcating in themselves in the workplace for instance correct you know i started doing school programs and and more and more of the schools that i attend and i ask a very simple question in those classes of grade 11s and grade 12s and i ask how many of you see yourself getting married you'd be amazed that you'd see that all the boys hands go up but none of the girls want to put up their hands And that tells you something. It tells you something that is very, very dire for the future of our country. Because if every single teenage child that's coming out of school at the moment who is is a female does not see in the siblings or in the people that she sits with in her class a, a, a suitable spouse, what are we speaking to? Fair point. Very fair point. And look, I cannot take it What direction are we going? And how have we de- dealt a, a, a mentality within our boys for them to believe that the character they are inculcating in themselves leads them to be good husbands? My brother, you've said a mouthful. You've given me as an individual even a lot to think about. I can only say thank you and please keep up the good work. You are the leader that South Africa deserves and thank you so much for your work. Into your side. Thank you so much, Brian. Activist and community leader coming out of KZN. There he is, his words, not mine. And I'll certainly take them to heart and use them in my life. Greg Host, when last did you hear me at 22 hours and 30 seconds? Good evening, everybody. It's time for news.